Welcome to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast. My name is Doug Winters, and I will be your host and trusty guide in attempting to demystify the entire daunting process of planning the perfect wedding. In a casual interview format, I'll be talking to the top industry professionals so you can hear directly from them exactly what it is they actually do. Event coordinators, musicians, florists, dress designers, photographers, and even maitre d's that you'll be trusting to make your wedding an unforgettable experience. Hit me up on either Twitter at WedWisdomPod or Facebook at Doug Winters BKS and let me know who you'd like me to have on and what questions you'd like me to ask. And as I remind every couple that I play for, this will inevitably be the most expensive party you'll ever throw, but remember, it's still a party, so try and enjoy yourselves. Let's do the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode four. I think we're on a bit of a roll now. I'm getting the hang of this. For today's show, I reached out to an old friend of mine, Vonda High. Vonda's a wedding coordinator in Manhattan, and she's got a really unique approach. She actually listens to each bride and groom that comes through her door to help them figure out precisely what it is that's going to make their party unforgettable and perfect and special and the best night of their lives. So why don't you take it from there? Well, I think that there's a natural tendency to want inspiration. Um, Most brides are doing a wedding for the first time. Um, They do one. And therefore, this amazingly important day, they're doing it without a run through, without practice, without ever having done it before. So therefore, there's a natural tendency to go to the experts and to look in Brides Magazine or Pinterest or Etsy and gain ideas. And therefore, to say, oh, that's really pretty. Let me take that. That is what I call purchased entertainment or purchase decor and it can be beautiful in a picture but it doesn't come from the bride or her family or what has meaning to her and it will be beautiful but it won't have soul and a really awesome wedding the kind of wedding that everybody walks out of and went oh my god that was fabulous best wedding ever those are weddings that have soul And those are weddings that um, almost across the board reflect who the bride and her family or the groom and his family are as people. And sometimes it's in very subtle ways. Sometimes it's a matter of um, the fact that they're into wine. So instead of having just two regular bars, we have a regular bar with a wine bar and a sommelier, and we have wine tasting throughout the cocktail hour so that it brings in their love of wines. And that's a simple thing to do. Um, I recently, the groom was really into uh, whiskeys um, and so, and bourbons. So we had in the center of this, the bar was really important. So we made this 42 foot long bar. We had people and in the center of it, um, so that both bars kind of shared it was a, a whiskey and rye tasting. And we had these bottles lined up of all these really unique um, uh, brands and little descriptions of them. And did he, did he pick them out? Did he choose he them? So was he part um, of it? And that was fun for him. It made it really nice for him because oh, yeah. it really reflected him and his wishes. And he got excited. His friends knew that exactly. this was part of it. And therefore, it makes it come from him more and therefore there's more joy associated with it as opposed to just like okay 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 this is happening this is happening um and that's really cool it can also sometimes be uh i mean i've done weddings for vegans where the menu was 
very carefully planned um, because it needed to reflect not only their taste levels and their philosophies, but it had to reflect or have food that the guests would truly enjoy, not just handing everyone bowls of almonds. And so there was a lot of work that went into that and the guests could really enjoy it. Um, Sometimes it's a matter of handing everybody your favorite candy or your favorite donut or, you know, a black and white cookie from Greenberg's because that's what your mom always gave you as a special. Oh, you're not going to believe it. That's, that's my connection to my older sister to <gasps> this day. We talk about it all the time. Oh my God. Black and whites from Greenberg's are phenomenal. All right. Where's Greenberg's? Uh, Greenberg's is on Madison Avenue, Upper East Side on Madison Avenue. Best black and whites ever. And, oh, so yummy. A beautiful, elegant wedding will end with everybody handing out black and whites. Absolutely. The idea of a black and white, a black tie wedding mm -hmm. um, does not mean that everyone is like having dinner with the queen. It right. can be fun. Um, it should have some whimsy to it. Um, it should have um, a personality of the bride and groom. Um, all of those things are really, really important, whether it is through, you know, the musical selections, um, some humor in some of the readings, whether the toasts have some humor to them, whether you're bringing, oh, a great example. Um, I did a very expensive wedding many years ago at a very, very formal um, site in New York City all black tie and this was now oh my god 15 years ago and the wedding was well over a million dollars wow so it was a very expensive wedding and we were sitting um with the chef designing the menu and the bride said oh oh and i have to have potato chips and onion dip at the bar for cocktail hour <laughs> and the chef go he just kind of took a breath in and he sort of thought for a moment he goes well i can hand make them and i can make the onion dip with creme fraiche and he and she goes no 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 lays rippled <laughs> onion dip out of the can and the chef the blood just drained out of his face because he's like oh no 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 i cannot cannot do that and she goes it is my favorite thing everyone who knows me knows that's my favorite snack it'll be such a hoot we have to oh, have it perfect and he was dying but he did what the bride wanted to do. And I have to tell you, everyone loved it. It added such warmth and humor. So they could the be drinking uh, Cristal and- Oh, absolutely. I, I think we were actually drinking Dom Perignon and we were having potato chips and onion dip as the bar snack. That is so great. It was perfect. So sometimes it is those little details that can make a huge difference. It doesn't matter how much or how little you spend. The wedding really, really has to come from the bride and groom and reflect who they are as people, not be something that just looks awesome on Pinterest. That's great for inspiration, but it shouldn't be what you duplicate. It only should inspire you. Okay, so when you first sit down with a bridal couple, how do you begin to prioritize I, I start very easily. I, I have um, uh, portfolios of pictures and I talk, I show pictures and then see what they respond to and people will go, oh, that is so pretty or ew, why would anyone do that? Mm. Um, and I start learning and I'll tell stories based on the pictures that they like and see what they respond to and then I'll ask questions to try and learn about them and obviously there's 
all the basic questions. How did you meet? What do you do? What schools did you go to? Where did you grow up? What are your hobbies? Uh, what do you like to do on your free time? All of those things help me to gain a full picture of them because then I can tell that this bride is responding to this type of photography. Right. Um, she likes a... Uh, I'll call it an editorial way of shooting, um, very well lit, very clear, like something you'd see in a magazine. Then there's other photographers who will just follow the bride and groom, never give direction, just capture what's happening in the moment. And some brides like one, other brides like the other. It's all, none of it's right or wrong. It's just their personal desires. Then we work out budgets and personalities because in the New York market, there are florists who can work on a $5,000 budget. There's other florists that need 100000 to just talk to you. No reason for a bride to go and interview an expensive florist when she's got a $10,000 budget. I still can't believe that there are florists that won't see you unless you have a minimum of $100,000 to spend. But um, what else do people have to think about? Well, they, they think about everything from hair and makeup to parking and greeting people at the door and favors at the end, welcome bags in the hotels. I mean, there's the list of stuff to manage um, for a wedding has become long and complicated. I mean, when I started 30 years ago, most brides did not even do hair and makeup. Today, not only does everybody do hair and makeup, but everyone does trials, and very often you'll do three or four trials before you settle on a final look. This is something I know nothing about, when, when you say trials. You meet with your hairdresser, you meet with your makeup artist, and you do a trial. And the trial usually takes an hour and a half to two hours. Try different looks, styles, colors, extensions to see how you want to look. And it happens after you get your dress so that the stylists know what your dress looks like. They want to know, obviously, the color, the feeling, um, the type of material, what the shoulder line is. And then they begin working on your hair and makeup. See, that whole world I knew really nothing about. Um, hair, makeup, stylists. Uh, dress designers, how they interact with each other and trials and stuff like that. That's great. That's really terrific uh, for people to know about. Um, do me a favor. Tell that story about putting down a Coke can or a beer can down to uh, relax the bride's feet in between dance sets. Oh, yes. The, the What, what happened, because obviously the shoes that a lot of brides wear are just Oh my God! They're they're like torture chambers for your poor feet. Now this is audio, so no no one can see your face. Okay. Uh, you have a look like of oh my God, you poor dear. You, you know, I'm so sorry. You know. When you're in hour twelve, your poor <laughs> feet are just ready to lose it at that point. Um, one of the easy tricks is I'll get two um, cans of soda um, or anything in an aluminum can that's been sitting in the ice tubs for a while and we slide off her shoes underneath her table and she will roll her feet over these very cold cans of soda or beer and the the because what's happening is the there's a muscle at the bottom of your foot your plantar fascia um i think that's the proper way to say it but please forgive me if i for anybody who's a podiatrist that knows the right way to say it the ice reduces the inflammation of that muscle and then you and if you just roll your foot over that can 
for about five minutes, you're covering the length of the muscle. It reduces the inflammation and you can put your feet back in your shoes. And it can be done through nylons. Even if you're wearing hose, it doesn't matter. That is so cool. Get a little foot massage while you're eating dinner. One of the things we talk about is comfort level for the bride throughout the entire day. Her party itself is usually a total of five hours, one hour for cocktails, four hours for dinner, but she's got ceremony of photography. That's what we were talking about with Melanie, that she's that she works a 12-hour day. Easily a 12-hour day. My days are very often 18 to 20 because I start with load-ins and I stay through load-outs. But for the bride, it is a very, very long day, looking beautiful in perfect heels. Everything has to be great. And the stress on the body is really intense. So what does she and the groom need in order to provide comfort throughout the day? And we always have emergency kits for them, which contain eye drops, Tums, any lotions or allergy medicines or medications, anything that they normally use on a day-to-day -day basis that I can get to quickly. And we also talk about changing shoes. And if they don't want to change shoes, we talk about the cans so that they know that all they have to do is look at me and go, cans, and I will go and bring them, tuck them under their table. They do that for a few minutes, and then I take the cans away, and no one knows it's happening. So those are things we talk about ahead of time. And you discovered that because you have bad feet I yourself, have bad right? Myself, yeah. It's also got to be a great stress reliever, too. Yeah. More brides have found that helpful than I can possibly tell you. <laughs> that is truly hysterical. I hope everybody steals that idea. It's, it's a really, great idea. it's well worth stealing. It's, it makes a huge difference. Vonda, you are wonderful. Well, thank you so much, sir. You're so generous with your time and, and everything. Oh, uh, just one last thing. Uh, going through your website, yes. you have all these phenomenal, great wedding pictures. And in the middle, you have a shot of uh, people balancing on chairs, uh, Japanese acrobats. Yes. Right next to, I'm looking at it right now. You've got uh, on a little carousel, you've got um, a same sex wedding where they're both showing off their tattoos. Oh, no, that was those, those, those aren't the bride and groom. No, those are just guests. Um, and we, it was a, a very formal wedding, but one of the fun things we tried to do was the groom was from St. Louis and his family. Are I noticed that I was going to say that's the, that's the logo of the St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals. So what, and so out of a sense of whimsy for this incredibly black tie formal wedding, one of the whimsy pieces is their monogram we did in the same sort of style as the St. Louis Cardinals. And then we use that on the programs, the menu, oh, the welcome it keeps, it, It's so oh. funny. It keeps coming around, and I keeps every time I see it, I say, because I didn't want to say anything because I'm a big baseball fan, and that's, well, it's, that's where it's it like the Yankees pinstripes. I mean, like the St. And Louis. Just know. for fun, we turned it into rub-on tattoos, and we put those on, in martini glasses in the bar at the bar for the final dance set, and people had a ball with it. And so those are two guests who put the Oh, that's what that was. Oh, okay. We also did things like during the cocktail hour, there's a special kind of mustard from St. Louis that is well known. And we had that on the tray with the pigs and blankets um, so that everyone, it was a little St. Louis joke, insider joke that people thought was cute. So those are, those are small things that can be done with whimsy that really add to the fun of an event. I love the word whimsy. Whimsy is a great word. I love it too. You're one of the few people in the world that could actually use a word like whimsy with a straight face and just get oh, away I love with the it. word. Just get away with it. Oh, oh, so what are the balancing chairs? Oh, okay. 
okay, so I had a bride who, she was an interior decorator. And she had had this, she had all of these different ideas for her wedding. So basically, we looked at the day from ceremony, cocktails, dinner, and then dancing to a series of tableaus, like a 1920s tableau dinner. And cocktails, well, ceremony was its own event. And then cocktails was designed to be an English boxwood garden. And we had... Um, music that were Viennese waltzes from the 19 uh, from the 1840s, and we had food that was very specific um, for English um, garden food. Then dinner was a um, was Versailles with a grand royal dinner, and we had a five course tasting menu, and we had this really beautiful uh, grand piano playing like um, beautiful romantic music. And between courses, while the waitstaff was clearing and getting ready for the next course, we had this group from, um, uh, it was a, uh, oh God, Taiwan group of acrobats who would come out and do 10-minute shows and then clear off the stage and then the next course would come out. And it was very, you were very intimate and close to the stage. It was incredibly powerful. So guests went from this English boxwood garden to Versailles and then for dinner and dance, for dancing and dessert, we went to kind of Roman orgy, red hot um, couches <laughs> and we went to a hot club DJ. It, so every part of the wedding was completely different. Um, and those were her tableaus. Wow. So you mean tableau in the, in the traditional sense, in the artistic yes, sense? in the artistic really, sense. You're, yeah. you're telling a small story. Yeah, it was really fun. Now, obviously, she had a very good budget, and we could actually do all these fun things. Um, but it, was a, it started with um, a comment she made. She says, I don't know how I'm going to do just one wedding. I've got all these ideas. I went, ah, let's explore that. So we went from her small comment to going, okay, let's go down that path and see how we could do that. And as soon as I use the word tableau, and we have all these different sections, then, of course, her designer mind went, bam, 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 bam. she started exploding with ideas, and off we were running, running with ideas. It was great. Tell me if this sounds, sounds like a good wrap-up for Vonda High events. When I, when I talk to you, I think that I'm talking to a Broadway producer, someone like Hal Prince. Well, I'll take that very high compliment. <laughs> There's a million moving parts i mean from the budget from the ticket sales to the advertisement to the posters on on broadway to the to the the sets and the scenery and the and the stars and the, they're in charge of everything i think that's what you do you really produce events well, a, a good party planner um is producer director um props master you have to do a little bit of everything i don't do anything um, I truly don't, I don't cook, I don't sing, I don't make centerpieces, I don't print invitations, I don't do anything. But what I do do is I get, hopefully, get everyone else to do the best job they can in a way that reflects what the bride and groom wish their wedding to be. So I, I, I often jokingly say I'm the water boy on the team. I just make sure you guys all get what you need to do your job well. That is hysterical. So I call you the producer. I'll call myself the water boy. 
It's very funny because I talk to people and say, yes, I am the, the CEO and the janitor of Deck Winters Music. Well, and that's important. This is great. I finally learned how to ask a question and shut up. Well, thank you so much. This was delightful. Thanks, Fonda. You're the best. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Vonda. She really is one of the people that's like the embodiment of wedding wisdom. Uh, before we go, two very important things. Number one, I'd like to thank my very good friend, John Adams, who has graciously provided the phenomenal background music that you're listening to right now, as well as the opening theme that we start every podcast with. And secondly, I'd like to uh, let you know that our next episode is going to be with a very good friend of John's as well as a very good friend of mine and our band Best Kept Secret, Liz Withers, along with her husband Damon Mendez, who actually was one of the best drummers we've ever had in Best Kept Secret. I'm anxious to talk to Liz because not only was she one of my favorite singers who ever sang at a wedding, but she then moved on to Broadway to originate the role of Suge Avery in The Color Purple and was nominated for a Tony Award for Best Actress in a Musical. She also sang background for Ashford and Simpson. We're going to talk to her about that. So thank you again for listening. Thanks to Vonda. Thanks to my friend John Adams for the music. One last reminder to subscribe to the podcast and rate us on iTunes or Stitcher. And I will see you next time. Thanks again.